0: The 630Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630Chad. Now, there are more and more questions about how the COVID-19 pandemic will affect Edmonton's homeless community. What can be done? What should be done? And really, when is it going to be done? We're joined this afternoon by Susan McGee, who is the CEO of Homeward Trust. Welcome to the show, Susan. Hi there. Thanks for having me. All right. So you've been watching this very closely over the past couple of weeks. Can you tell me where your mind is at and Homeward Trust is at when it comes to COVID-19 and Edmonton's homeless population?
1: Well, I think where I would start is just really um, for listeners, for community to understand just how um, the planning for our community members that are homeless and, and you know really by definition have nowhere to self-isolate and. The challenges too with um, the many of the things that we would rely on in terms of the system response and, and uh, trying to uh, clarify whether testing should happen or not and the um, options available and just a, it's a very different system so the community agencies those that we work with on a daily basis are working really hard to really address those gaps and there's very significant uh, concerns in a coordinated way um, and in real time still also adjusting to decisions that are being made and things that are <laughs> impacting our community so lots of happening but i think that you know if you can imagine just how different that experience is for someone who has no home that would be um, uh, really something I'd, I'd like to start with
0: yeah, absolutely. So there's a number of advocates out there that are appealing to, to governments to establish safe spaces for homeless people to self-isolate. Is is that something that you're looking at that you're making a call for as well?
1: Certainly, absolutely. But it's it's myself and many members of the community working together. Um, there's um, a lot of maybe like really immediate term, short term. Um, Uh, solutions that we might explore but we also know that this is not going away anytime um, really soon in terms of having something that's sustainable and and scalable so we are both looking at what is the short-term response that we can try to access and and support and ensure people are supported should they have to um, access something um, you know really temporary like a hotel um, while we find other options but at the same time looking at you know things that can be in place for a longer period of
0: time So what is exactly being done in the short term right now, Susan?
1: Well, it's also been a challenge to really, um, not so much a challenge, but individual cases aren't necessarily, it's not like we have specific cases or anything that I would share other than like concerns for for, for situations. So I don't want to kind of uh, expand that other than, if there are concerns for an individual with you know hotels are an option there are other housing providers or some of the the permanent supportive housing and other facilities we have but we're just trying to look at on a unit by unit basis and we're talking um right now about about not a lot of individuals but i'm saying that today and i and i know what you know you know what this week has been like and whatever we say today is going to be probably quite different in two days so we know that we need to look um for something bigger and more um predictable in terms of options
0: Yeah, and I just, I'm going through my head and trying to think of where are people staying? Where are people staying when you look at at homeless shelters and that sort of thing? And if we're supposed to be self isolating, staying away from each other, how is that working?
1: Well, it doesn't work. Um, And so, you know, yeah, absolutely. And especially with distancing. And we need to really, you know, bear in mind that, well, we don't want to impact the sector. you know in a way that we can't plan for and we're adapting as quickly as we can um things that like just distancing a meter between people is very difficult to achieve in some of the environments where we're supporting people um in in lots of ways not just overnight shelter but just in terms of you know providing food and meals during the week that people have relied on while they're homeless uh, regardless of of whether they're staying in shelter and some people still living rough so all of those um, organizations are working really hard to implement changes and at the same time you know know that that the short term is one thing but in the longer term we 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 can't be just talking about the people right now that stayed in the shelter now and kind of what our numbers are we need to be thinking about um, potential impact on those individuals that are actually in in housing they may lose um Uh in housing where they have roommates where they are you know really not appropriately housed or well housed precariously housed even um, we have to really consider whether or not the homeless population that we're serving today is going to be quite different in a month in terms of scale and need. So that kind of planning is in real time just a, a lot of uh, work on that the community is committed to. And I just... I know that we have a very collaborative, committed group of leaders in our community that are doing this work and probably have spent half their time just literally on the, you know, going through meetings with each other to try to problem solve in real time in order to do that. But it is, it is a different response than, than, than much of the other uh, kind of approaches that Albertans are taking.
0: Susan McGee is the CEO of Homeward Trust. We heard today that uh, there was some money announced, about $15.7 million to help um, the homeless vulnerable through something called the Reaching Home Program. Do you know anything about that so far? Yeah, so
1: um, Homeward Trust is one of the entities in Canada. There's um, over 60 communities across Canada that administer that program on behalf of government. So the Reaching Home Funds um, and funding from the government of Alberta and the city of Edmonton, Flow through Homer trust to priority programs and um thanks for bringing that up because i think that's fantastic because we, the, the sooner we get that kind of idea around what our, what our resources are the better we can plan um mm. and uh it is it is one of the funds that we administer and we will be quickly put making sure that we're prioritizing that to mitigate the strain on the community and certainly community members that are homeless, and so it's, it's it's great news. And we just found out about it at the same time everybody else did. Yeah. So. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Susan, I, I think you've got to think that shelter has got to be uh, a number one priority right now if you can get the, you know, those um, folks who want to get into a shelter, of whatever that looks like, because we're hearing calls left, right, and center. Dr. Hinshaw raising her concerns yesterday, Mayor Don Iveson talking about it yesterday, then, again, today, even suggesting that city-run facilities that are closed because of COVID-19, maybe it could be used, something like we do, did during the cold snap during the winter, but it Again, you, it's the social distancing thing, then, isn't it? Um, we definitely
1: have to make sure that we're we're not just um, applying those standards, but creating other spaces so that the community that we're serving will will use those facilities. Yeah. Um, in an emergency, we I certainly would assume that that's um, you know. You know just that that, in itself might be um the only solution, but we also have to make sure that all of their health needs are met at the same time, uh-huh. um, that transportation is provided, that we make it as uh, as comfortable as possible, given that we are likely to have, and you mentioned some of the options. those are all options that are being explored, and I think we do have the space. I mean at the same time, we need the space we also have um, other venues that have closed down who are that can't host events or can't so those that has created an opportunity certainly that would be different in another situation but it's it's about providing that space but also medical support and being clear that we just can't open a facility that isn't appropriately supported and staffed both by community and community agencies as well as some of the medical supports that need to be provided as well i'm really confident that there'll be some decisions made very quickly around that because we all feel pressure um, but yeah. we want to also do something that we're not that's going to be I don't want to say it's just sustainable. We're all hoping this is not a a long game, but we also know that it's going to be, you know, more than a few weeks that we're going to have to respond.
0: Susan, how are you getting information out to the population about COVID-19?
1: So as the organization that kind of plays that convener role and works with agencies um we are trying to facilitate quick information exchange between organizations um, as much as we can providing daily updates to those agencies and those agencies have been very responsive at um, updating their their clients individuals using their their their, uh, facilities and and through outreach and uh, you know really creating awareness but also not panic Um, you know we want to make sure people are really monitoring their health and seeking support if they are unwell and that outreach has been um, really amplified in in recent weeks um, given the evolving situation but it is also something that the community we, we rely on the community to do on a on a regular basis you know through through a lot of the kind of information dissemination that literally has to be person to person
0: Uh, Before I let you go, Susan, um, the Canadian Alliance Stand Homeliness has put out a a number of calls over the past 24 hours about what it would like to see uh, when it comes to dealing with the vulnerable homeless population in Canada dealing with COVID-19. And also mentioned the importance, or they thought, the importance of testing for workers. What about the the people who are working with these these folks? And um, do you think that there's a need for for testing um, compared to other sectors of the workforce
1: well i I think you know testing is critical and rapid testing um, particularly for individuals experiencing homelessness or or in transient situations so that we can make determinations really quickly and part of the thing about the the system that is frontline in shelters and in drop-ins and other in other areas is that um, we they we really need them. We can't open shelters without yeah. them. We can't provide services without them. So their health is, is very critical, and being able to ensure that we have just the staff to roll out the strategies that we know are critical and going to you know keep a crisis from happening in a shelter or in a facility, it has to start there. So I would really support a lot of what the Canadian Alliance is saying in that regard. Um, it's, it's maybe not really intuitive to the rest of um, uh, individuals who are... You know, trying to get through on 811 and maybe you're having a hard time doing that or some of those other barriers Um, but when it comes to that frontline work that is um, very important just to be able to open um, a shelter and offer services making sure that we are um, that staff are safe and that and that where the entire environment can be supported is is i think uh, the right thing to do
0: Susan, I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon. Much appreciated. We look forward to seeing how um, your plans roll out in the coming days. Thank you so much. Thank you.